you're about to enter the world of Strawberry Ice and the Ice Cave. Let's go! You know, league, the league rule was you're not really supposed I'll to really take him out of that conversation. And that. He started from absolute I would, I would draft Aziz Ojolari or any, any uh, nobody's doing seven step drops in playing, right you know, playing tackle for him. So right. it's 22 years old. Devonta Smith, same thing. You, you, you just can't. You, you can't do that. You can't do that. I thought that in 2010 that he should be in the Hall of Fame and they put him in after he is gone. Well, I want to fill the stadium. Yeah, I, I, I remember you guys saying that. It's crazy. Well, I, I see that he's taken uh, the non. But right. overall, that that line wasn't better. No, um, I, you know, they still... you know, he's talking to the refs and, and saying, "Hey, I'm not going to get those calls." He's, he's coming. He, he, what, he's oh, yeah. coming. He'd be in section 158 with me. So we're... these guys have learned basically since they've been in the major leagues. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopol. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of Jackpot Joey Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cincinnati Reds are only half a game out of the wild card. How much fun was that game last night? We'll get to that here in a minute. Now do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,306 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, if you're watching on Facebook or if you're watching on Twitter and you have not subscribed to my show, do me a favor. Go to the YouTube channel. Hit the uh, subscribe button. Hit the bell for the notification. So when I do go live, you guys will be notified because it's most times at 530, but not every time. Sometimes I do it a little later. And also, if you like to support what I'm doing, you can go into the YouTube channel and give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. It just helps me out. Now, this show and every show is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, got a big show today. We got Dan Horde coming on today live at around 6 o'clock is when he said. So you guys are stuck with me for half an hour. Um, he's the Bengals broadcaster. He's the Bearcats broadcaster for football and basketball. So he's uh, one of my favorite guys to listen to in the broadcasting business. Now, this just happened. Like I said, the Reds are a game and a half out of first place. And this is what I was rehearsing. I kind of rehearsed what I'm going to say a little bit before I start the show. Then after I kind of wing it. <laughs> but, you know, I was saying last night was so much fun watching Joey Votto get his 2000s hit, watching the rookie of the year, which if Jonathan India does not win the rookie of the year, then they should just take the award away. They shouldn't give it to anybody because that man deserves to be the rookie of the year. So they had that inning. It lasted about a half an hour. I'm not kidding. It lasted for like a half an hour. They scored eight runs in one inning. Keith Henbury comes in, gives up five. And I'm like, I was just talking to one of my buddies at work. And I'm like, why do they have it? What, at least, I mean, I think Sinzel should be up here. But if you need a reliever, why is Henbury up here? Go get Santiago. Bring him back up here. He looked really good out of the bullpen. And lo and behold, today, friend of the show, Charlie Goldschmidt, has just tweeted out uh, the Reds have recalled Tony Santiago and DFA'd Heath Hembry. So that, I think, is a move to help the bullpen. That at least makes a little more sense than what they did yesterday. I still don't understand why Nick Senzel is not up here. As nothing against Jose Barreto, but he, you know, 
Nick Senzel was the starting center fielder for Cincinnati Reds at the beginning of the year and last year and the year before that. So he can also play third base. He can also play second base. I think he can play shortstop. So a guy like that might help out a little more. And Barreto might help him just to be in the minors so he can get every day at bats. But he did get in the bat last night. And I saw a big difference from him last year to this year. Last year, he would swing at almost anything. You know, he was overmatched. I mean, he came from single A all the way up. I mean, that's a huge jump. Last night, he was confident. And he had an eye for the strike zone. So it was very nice to see him get up here, get in the bat. He got to walk, walk to run in. But if they're not going to play him, I almost really wish they just had him at AAA. And, uh, Getting him at bats every day. Aaron, you saw me on the bridge today? That's cool. Were you one of the, one of the five million people honking at me? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. I know. I know what you meant, bridge. You spell. I, I misspell t- stuff too. So what's up, Natty? So what's up to everybody in the in the chat? What's up, William House, John Wick, Anthony, Jacob, Aaron, Natty? What's going on, guys? I'm glad you guys all joined the chat. Uh, but yeah, it is interesting. With the Reds of just the moves that they did yesterday. And like I said, well, this one actually makes sense. I mean, Henry, sorry, he has, he did okay for a couple weeks as a closer. And now he's just lost it. He can't, he can't get people out. And I, it was interesting. I was listening to watch the game. And then I have to go to bed because I have to go to work in the middle of the night. So I'm listening to it while I'm trying to fall asleep. And uh, the Cowboy, Jeff Brantley was saying, and it made sense. And if you guys, I, I love listening to Jeff Brantley. He, his insight to pitching is is awesome. But he was saying Henry is taking so long in between pitches that he's making the batters really comfortable. They just sit there, chill out, chew some gum, and just wait for him to throw the ball over the plate. You know, and also it makes the infielders damn near fall asleep. <laughs> so he, in his his mind, that Henry needs to pitch at a quicker pace a little bit that that might help him, but it doesn't matter. Now he is no longer with the Cincinnati Reds. All right, Jeffrey, what's up? Welcome to the show. Who day ice go Bengals and Reds Bearcats are exciting time. Yeah. And the Bearcats, they came out, I think, uh, I think it was this weekend or was yesterday. I can't remember. My days run together. Sometimes trying to keep track of all this stuff, but uh, the AP poll, I think it is their eighth. And the college poll, they're 10th. These are preseason poll. I think I have the polls right. I know they're 8th, and I know they're 10th. So, yes, that that was awesome. I, that is, I mean, it's so cool. That's a couple things I'm going to ask Dan when he gets on. Just the Bearcats football team is getting respect. Now, we all know this. If the Bear, Bearcats lose a game this year, it's going to really hurt them. And like I said, I said my, my concern is we'll go and we'll beat Indiana and we'll beat Notre Dame and then we'll lose to like Tulsa or something like that. And I hope we don't, but we'll see. Uh, let's get to the chat here. Yep, Crown, I know you're here. I know you're there. You're always there, Crown. You Every day you're here, Crown. I, I appreciate it. Natty, what's up? Thoughts on the next preseason game? The next preseason game is this Friday. Um, I'm glad that Jackpot Joe Burrow is not playing. I said this. But two weeks ago, I guess when we started talking about preseason games and if Joe Burrow is going to play, I think if he plays, 
He's going to play in the jungle first series uh, against the Dolphins and get out if he plays. So that's where my thoughts are on Joe Burrow. My thoughts on, which is everyone wants to know about, is the offensive line. And, and I'm not going to call anybody out. About, you know me. I listen to a lot of different podcasts and stuff. And I heard somebody on podcast say that they would sleep better at night if Billy Price was at guard instead of Michael Jordan or Jackson Carmen. And I would not. <laughs> I mean, one, I don't think Billy Price has taken a snap at guard in training camp. And I've been on the bridge for almost all the practices. And I haven't, I don't remember seeing him at guard. And at practice, Billy Price a couple weeks ago was not looking that good. He's gotten better and he did fairly good at center um, Saturday night. Now we're not worried about Billy Price starting at center. Trey Hopkins is going to start at center, but I just thought that was a really interesting take and everybody's allowed their, their own opinion. I mean, I just don't, I, I would not, I would not sleep better at, at, with Billy Price. Um, but I do have to tell you something that was really interesting. And it's on my video, which will be up later on today. I didn't have, I got it edited. I don't have, I didn't have time to put it up on the YouTube channel yet of my video, you know, from the bridge, but Deontay Smith was walking out with Frank Pollock. And I, I said, what did I say? I said, uh, I said, looking good, Deontay, you know, you're, you're getting better or something like that. And, uh, I said, I said, you do a great job, uh, Frank. And he looked at me, he goes, thanks. He goes, yeah, he goes, this one's good. I'm like, yeah, he is. And that is where Deontay Smith is turning heads. There's a chance that, you know, people are like, okay, well, you got Jackson Carmen and, and he's not doing good. Yeah, but Deontay Smith is. So, I mean, I'm not saying Deontay Smith is going to pass all these guys and start at, at right guard. Right now, Michael Jordan is set to start at right guard. But to me, that says a lot about, not, I won't even say necessarily where Carmen is, just how good a draft pick Deontay Smith has been. And I want to look at it that way. And I don't think Jackson Carmen. And some people said on the show yesterday that Jackson Carmen is a bust. I don't think Jackson Carmen's a bust. You can't say he's a bust yet. I mean, I'm not even close to even saying that. I mean, it just might take him a little longer to develop. Same goes with Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael Jordan made progress two years ago. Last year, he went backwards. He's finally getting really good coaching. And I think it's showing. I mean, look, let's be honest. Michael Jordan went from hoping to make the team at the beginning of minicamp and everything to right now being the starting guard for the Bengals. That's that's progress to me. That's I don't see that as a bad thing. And I keep going back to what Duke Tobin said, that offensive line is one of the hardest positions to transition to in the NFL. And it just might take Jackson a little while longer. And honestly, do you really care who starts a right guard as long as they protect Joe Burrow and all five guys work in a cohesive unit? I don't. As long as they put the right guy there. And if it's Michael Jordan, great. If it's uh, Deontay Smith, great. If it's uh, uh, Jackson Carmen, great. I, I don't care. I just want the best guy out there. All right, hold on. So let's get back to the chat here. You guys are getting way ahead of me here. Uh, da, 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 da. Rabbit, what's up? Welcome to the show, man. How you doing? And yes. Uh, did I see? <laughs> yes, someone voted. Yes. Um, the guy was just on Mo Eggers' show, and I do not know his name. But I did see where he voted UC twenty two. 
he kind of explained it and he kind of had a point, but then he kind of contradicted himself. His point was that UC hasn't beat anybody. Like, you know, we didn't beat Georgia. You know, we haven't won these big games against these higher, you know, power five conferences. In but then he says the whole se- every season is a new one, and you have to evaluate the talent. And he goes, he said he put UC's talent was on the same level as LSU, but he also put that twenty-two to you know, what do you say, the top ten is not that big of a jump on his scale. So yes, I did see that he somebody voted us twenty-two, which. It's preseason. It doesn't really matter to be. I mean, it does. It's cool. It's awesome that UC is that high. But if they don't go out and prove it, if first, if they go out and lose a game, they're going to drop down really, really far. Chris, what's up? India was on fire. Osai looks great. UC is eight. Yeah, India, like I said, I think he should be rookie of the year. Osai, from everything that I'm seeing, I haven't heard that. To, I haven't really heard a whole lot of information about his wrist. Other than he will most likely be ready to go uh, opening day, which is good. And if he can do what he did against the Buccaneers all year, we got ourselves a pretty good <laughs> excuse me pickup there. He's going to be awesome. I want to see a little bit more out of Drew Sample. I want to see. I'm not saying he played bad. I, I want to see him get that kind of pressure on the quarterback. That's that's what I want to see. Charles, what's up? Saw your predictions on the Bengals record, and I'm going bolder, 12 and 5. Oh, there you go. Hey, that's even bolder than what I what I got. That, that's cool. I will take and like I said, it, we gotta get off to a good start, but it is a tough schedule. But the way it's laid out, I think it's in the Bengals' favor. I mean, there's a really good chance going to that Green Bay game. I think the Bengals could be 4 0. I, I really do. All right, Jackpot Joey gonna cook the dolphins on that drive. Well, I hope so. I will be in the stadium. I can't wait. I'll be in the stadium in section 158. You know, that's awesome. Uh, You have Dan's last. I spelled it. That's the way he spells it. How did I spell it? Oh, I looked that up to make sure I spelled his name right. Are you kidding me? Don't tell me I spelled his name wrong. Oh, man. Let me see here. I'm going to be upset. I spelled Chris Welch's name wrong. H O A R D. That's how he spells it on on Twitter. I can't see how I spelled it. I thought that's how I spelled it. <laughs> but if I did, I'm sorry. Uh, I hate when I do that do that stuff. Jared Trenopol is checking in. Bearcats football has a great team beat the Irish. It's gonna be fun. I wish I could go to that game. Man, that is so expensive to go to that freaking game. All right, Jeffrey Williams, what's going on? What's your thoughts? Oh, yeah, Adams. Yep, he just signed a – yep, right before I uh, went on, I found that out. He signed a four-year, $75 million uh, contract for the Seahawks. Thinks Bates can reach enough for him to be happy on his contract. I actually think it's a good thing. I don't think they're going to pay him $75 million. But I think that's good that the market's set. So, okay, this is the high point. Hopefully the Bengals can – come in between, you know, lower or whatever and make Jesse Bates happy. I still believe that Jesse Bates deal is going to get done. I mean, like I said, I can't remember who came on here, but I mean, a couple of years ago, AJ Green's de- contract deal got signed when he was on the plane, I think heading to the last preseason game or the first game of the season. So I'm really not worried 
about Jesse Bates' contract. I really hope they do sign him. I want him nice and happy and just not worrying about his contract. I want him to just get out there and play like the best safety in the league. But I do think that's a good thing that uh, Adams has signed. Anthony, what's up? How well, how, with, oh, sorry. With how well Deontay is playing, do you still believe he's a right tackle of the future or is he better staying at guard in your opinion? Well, right now he's playing better at guard, um, but he did get some snaps at tackle in the preseason game. So it looks like he got better. I still believe he he is our future right tackle, but if he wins the position and he's our starting guard, he, they might not move him. Cause I mean, cause then you still, the thing is you got options. I mean, Jackson Carmen did play tackle. You could eventually move him out there. So honestly, I'll play it to you this way. Um, Anthony, I think we have a very good shot of, have fixing of of finding our right tackle and our guard in that draft, either Jackson Carmen or Deontay Smith, uh, you know, vice versa. But right now, Frank Pollock's walking out and telling me, which Frank Pollock has no idea who I am, just some crazy guy on the bridge that comes to practice every freaking day, <laughs> that this guy's looking good. That tells me that Deontay Smith is is ahead of Jackson Carmen and. Michael Jordan better, you know, not almost say shape up, but keep continuing to do what he's doing. But it's good. It's like I said, I look at it as a good thing. I mean, Jackson Carmen, sometimes guys develop slower. It's just the way it is, you know? But maybe they really hit on Deontay Smith. We will find out. John Wick. Bengals can win 10 or 11 games for sure. The games that will be toughest are the Chiefs, Chargers, Ravens, and Packers. I customized my own show. Let me try that again. Chiefs, Chargers, Ratbirds, and Packers. Yeah, and the funny thing is with the Packers, to be honest, John, Aaron Rodgers has a losing record at PBS. So which, what's that mean? I mean, that means he hasn't won here that much. So they could they could surprise some people. But yeah, I think the I think I agree with you on all those. Now I got Everybody gives me crack because I got us beat the Chiefs. But I don't know. I just just gut feeling it. Like I said, I'm just a fan with a YouTube channel. It doesn't really ma- matter what I predict. <laughs> you know? It does not matter at all. All right. We got Mac here. Mac Crenshaw, how you doing? Agree. If Smith is good, then it doesn't even matter where he was drafted. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that, I've, I don't care. I don't care who the starting five are. As long as they're good. And they keep Joe Burrow, Jackpot Joey Burrow, upright. That's all I care about. You know, and, and to me, it, it gives Jackson Carmen time to develop. Which, look at Michael Jordan. If he is developing as much as it looks like he is, where he's starting above Serophilia, Jackson Carmen, who you drafted for that position, and Deontay Smith, who looks like he, he's the <laughs> favorite of, of Frank Pollock right now as far as rookies go, and Michael Jordan's still starting. That's where I'm like, you guys can develop. And I'll even give it to Billy Price. I mean, I don't really want to see him at guard because I have not seen him take a snap at guard. That's all I'm saying. But he looked good Saturday night. I mean, he played a lot. He looked better playing than he did uh, when I saw him a couple weeks ago in, in practice. Now, 
getting uh, the last couple weeks, he's looked better. But I do have to tell you, and Jay Morrison tweeted this out, Joe Burrow threw the longest bomb I've seen him throw to CJ Uzama today. It was awesome. And by the way, I told CJ Uzama, I said, hey, I said, when you score a touchdown, I'm trying to get everybody to go, or catch, catch a pass. Everybody go, Uzama. I think that would be cool. He liked it. So, so just thank you, fans. When 87 catches the ball, let's go, Uzama. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Crown. I don't care if if here an offensive lineman name the wheel season. Don't know what that means there, Crown. <laughs> here, either I read it wrong or you typed it wrong. <laughs> uh, Thad Moss is about to make the team. That's another conversation, which is kind of it's kind of cool, I guess, because I'm out there so much that they're starting to talk to me. Thad actually talked to me. It's the first time Thad talked to me. It was the time he has his helmet on. And he's focused walking out. And I wish I had the I had the video on. I had the sound of the conversation, but I I'm talking to him and the camera's up here, so it's not even it didn't make the video. But I told Thad I said, "Hey, I see you did pretty good." He's like, "Thanks, man." He goes, "He goes, I'll get better." And I said, I, "I've been telling everybody you're gonna be good." He goes, "Thanks, man. I appreciate it." He goes, "But I'm gonna get better." So <laughs> it's just kind of cool. They, not that they know who Jeff or Strawberry Ice or anything is i'm just like i said the crazy guy and on the bridge and i got a phone in their face <laughs> talking to him uh chief what's up do you think you could <laughs> do you think you drink more beers than riley reef in a 30 minute span i seriously doubt that that's a big dude oh by the way maddie myers if you're watching the show riley reef said i was wearing this today he goes are you the one that gave me the jackpot joey burrow hat i said no i said but i know who did he goes well tell him thank you so maddie myers riley reef said thank you for the jackpot joey hat if you guys want any of this jackpot joey merchandise uh proceeds portions of the proceeds go to the joe burrow hunger relief foundation um i think maddie's got a website up uh he hasn't sent me information on it to put it up so maddie if you're out there and you got a website. I know you're on Facebook, so you guys can find Jackpot Joey on Facebook to order this this cool stuff. Dustin, Seattle paid 18 million dollars for a safety when they are bottom half defense head scratcher. Well, they traded for him, so it's not that doesn't really surprise me because I because he was with the Jets, you know, and he couldn't. Wasn't going to sign with them, so it doesn't really surprise me. I understand what you're saying, but it doesn't really surprise me because they did trade for him. Sorry, I'm just reading my emails, making sure the link went to Dan. Sorry, but that's yes, I do understand what you're saying, but I also like they traded for him, so and he wanted he wanted to get paid. That's why he got out got away from the Jets. Jacob. What's your expectations for Joe Mixon this year? I think Joe Mixon is going to have his best all-purpose yardage. I think he could have – I think he's got a shot 2,000 total yards is what I'm saying because no matter I, – I think we're going to throw the ball a lot, <laughs> and I think Mixon's going to be a part of it. Now, I, I preface that because it could change because Chris Evans looks looked pretty good, and, and he looked good at camp, and he looked pretty good in the um, – first game but i think Mixon has a shot of getting 2000 total yards all purpose yards is what i think i think i think this is i think this is going to be Mixon's best all around year 
puts you that way. All right, Jeffrey, what's up? I know Phillips is a beast, but Jalen Davis is really showing something. And I believe he has the best chance to make the team over Brown and Rose. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have, I mean, to be honest, I don't really have any thoughts on, on, on that other than I do like Phillips. I think Phillips is definitely going to make the team and I want him, uh, pump returning. That's, that's what I want. But uh, as far as Brown and Rose, I, I haven't paid that much attention really to give a very good opinion about it, but it sounds good to me, Jeffrey. I, like I said, and I'm sure I'm, when you say Phillips, I'm pretty sure you're talking about Darius Phillips. I think if you're not, then let me know. Frank and Jackson, uh, Chris, this, this is this is a comment from Chris, Chris Hoskins. I hope I'm saying his last name right. For, uh, Frank and Jackson is staying after practice, so nobody can say they aren't giving their all to improve. Yeah, exactly. I mean that they they were one of the last ones to come off. Uh, crown, you don't what? I don't care if I hear an offensive line. Yeah, I don't want to hear any offensive lineman's name all year long. Exactly, and that's the thing. The the guys that started, we uh, Saturday night, we didn't hear their names. And when you hear an offensive lineman name, well, except for well, Jonah Williams made one of the most athletic plays I've seen a, a tackle for a Bengal, you know, play make in a while when he kicked out there on that little uh, screen or side, whatever you call it, to, to Jamar. He was out there lead, leading leading the block. So, But, yeah, I, I you don't want to hear their names. You know, unfortunately, Jackson Carmen's first play, you heard his name because he pulled a guy down. But, you know. All right, let's see here. Jeffrey, what's up? <laughs> How mad was your wife when the Bucks got smoked? <laughs> ah, she wasn't that mad. I mean, she wanted them to win. I mean, she wanted them to win, but. She wasn't upset. I mean, I probably I I'm more of a sore loser than she is. <laughs> but she is a Bengals fan, though. So I mean, she likes she likes your Buccaneers. She grew up down in St. Pete, so you know she she rooted for for them when they were the Yuckineers, just like I rooted for the Bengals when they were the the Bungles. So yeah, you're talking about Darius, okay, Jeffrey? That's what I thought. Yeah, I really like Darius. I, I he's made plays in the secondary too. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. That's his his problem. Uh, I'm not saying healthy, but I, I like him as like the fifth DB and and pump returner. I want to see him because I want somebody like Pac-Man. You know, Pac-Man would always bring the ball out, and, and you know, that's not that you always have to bring it out, but Erickson would always fair catch it, and it would drive me nuts. I'm like, just run. <laughs> You'd fair catch it on a three yard line. There's nobody within five yards of him. I'm like, what are you doing? Darius, I think, is gonna gonna bring it out. So. There he is, Jackpot Joey. What's up, Maddie? If you didn't hear it earlier, Riley Reef told me to tell you thank you for the uh, Jackpot Joey hats. He liked them a lot. Thomas, what's going on? I was very impressed with Smith number seven. I was too. I've been impressed with him. I've been impressed with him since they drafted him. I've never heard of him be- before, but I saw some of his tape uh, from the Senior Bowl, and that was the thing that impressed everybody is his ability to play tackle and kick in the guard, how quick he was. And now he's put on the weight and the muscle that they wanted him to. And he's still able to move that fast. So, I mean, if Michael Jordan starts at guard, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be the guard at the end of the season. Now, we'll 
you know, there's always injuries or whatever. Hopefully that won't happen. Hopefully we will have a a very healthy season. And I think we got lucky on the juice of our side. I, you know, I don't think he's going to play anymore. For what I've heard, he's not playing anymore until till the game starts. Did you miss Riley Reef? No, I was. He's told me that you were down there today, Maddie. I didn't see you anyway, but yeah, Riley Reef came out when I was at the beginning of training camp or practice today, and he asked me if I was the one that gave him the jackpot Joey Burrow hat because I was standing next to you when you threw it to him, so he couldn't remember. And I'm a little bigger than you are, but I said no. I said, but I know who the guy is. And he said, well, tell him I said thanks. So he said thanks. Holy crap, my buddy. Casey Cash is in the chat. What's up, brother? <laughs> All right, let's see here. Uh, yeah, Dustin, I want to get back to yours here. Uh, okay. The point I was getting at with Adams, I just don't see a safety to be a high enough value position to pay over $18 million a year. Well, that's what I mean. If you want a the best one of the top five safeties in the league, that's what you're going to have to pay. I mean, I don't know if they're going to have to pay um, Bates eighteen million, but they might have to pay him fifteen. You know, and we got the thing is the Bengals got the money, and so I understand what you're saying, but that's that's what the the value of Jesse Bates is right now. So I would not be I, like I said I would. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he gets about 15, 16 million. And uh, I think we call it a, call it a deal. All righty. The man is in the chat. I am so excited for this. I had to get to, had to get to his intro and everything. Give me one second. I got, I got it. I got it all laid out here for you, for you there, Dan. So you're very important. All right. Now let's get to the guy we all been waiting for. He is one of my favorite broadcasters to listen to. He's a great guy. He's, a broadcaster for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cincinnati Bearcats. I mean, the only and he does red stuff. So, I mean, he's broadcast for every team in Cincinnati. And he's also part of the ball guys, if you guys remember that. He's none other than Dan Horde. Hey Dan, how you doing? Welcome to the show. The Iceman. <laughs> good, to, good to be on your show. Thanks for the invitation. No problem. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. You you shocked the crap out of me the other day when I saw you outside of practice. And I was like, I was like, hey, Dan, I said, I, I want you uh, come on my uh, podcast or whatever. You're like, what's the name of your podcast? And I said, Sports of Strawberry Ice. And then you like pause. And then you go, are you Jeff? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, how did you know that? But I think I finally figured it out because I got that shout out from uh, Commissioner Goodell on that Zoom chat we were on the other day. Is that is that how you knew who I was or? You just knew me from from uh, Dave Lapham. <laughs> no, honestly, in fairness to you, you've reached out a few times on Twitter, but I'm not a big DM person. Right. I don't check my DMs that often. So uh, when we saw each other, I, I recognized who you were, and I told you to reach out by email. That works much better for me. Exactly. So uh, here we are. Well, I I appreciate you coming on. This is this is awesome. And if I bugged you on Twitter, I'm sorry. That's the only way I get a hold of people. No, no worries. <laughs> so. Let's get to the Bengals and training camp and what's your thoughts on how it's going, where are they at, stuff like that. Well, let's start with how training camp began. Very well for the defense, not so well for the offense. 
I can't say that I was worried. I knew that Joe Burrow would eventually be Joe Burrow again, but at the beginning of training camp, he didn't look like the guy that uh, excited us so much last season, and understandably so, coming back from an injury as severe as the one that he suffered, he was bound to experience some growing pains. I, I guess in retrospect, we should be happy that it only lasted for about a week because now, at least to me, he looks perfectly normal. Mm -hmm. The offense is functioning fine. Having said that, the defense continues to play well, and I was really excited by how well the defense played in the preseason opener against Tampa Bay. They only gave up six points on offense uh, yep. for Tampa Bay. They held the Bucs to about 150 yards. They held them to 1.7 yards per rush. We know how badly the Bengals' rush defense has been in recent seasons, so I'm really encouraged overall by the play of the defense first and foremost, but also how far the offense has come in the last week or so. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and yesterday was, I think, by far uh, – uh, Joey, jackpot Joey Burrow's best day. You know, it, 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 he threw two what, two corner shots, I think, one to Chase and one to Higgins. I mean, they were they were right there. And then today he threw the, the biggest bomb to uh, C.J. Uzama. That's the way I say it. But, I mean, he's, he's starting to come around. And, like you said, the defense uh, Saturday night, I, the, the run defense, I was really impressed with that because you, you they did that. D.J. Reader didn't play very much. Larry Ogunjobi didn't play at all. Mike Daniels played a lot. Tyler Shelvin played a lot. They, the Buccaneers couldn't run on us. And that, and that was throughout the whole game. So, you know, seconds, thirds, and, you know, all those guys, I thought it looked really well. I was very happy with that. And Joseph Osai, to me, was the star of the game until he got hurt. <laughs> Yeah, I would say he was one of three guys that really jumped out to me. He was one uh, for obvious reasons. It seemed like he was in the backfield or uh, making a great play on just about every other snap. Then you have Darius Hodge, five quarterback hits, one and a half sacks. And then on offense, you have Chris Evans. Statistically, he didn't have a tremendous game. I think he had 60 combined rushing and receiving yards. But when you consider that on several of those plays, he appeared to be dead in the backfield and turn nothing into something. Uh, I was really uh, impressed by how good he looked in his NFL preseason debut. Yeah. And, and that was the, the thing I took away from the game Saturday night. There was a lot of positives. I mean, I know every, all Bengals fans are worried about the offensive line and we're worried to death about Michael Jordan. Cause Michael Jordan was, you know, could be the reason Joe Burrow got hurt. You know, there's a lot of other, mitigating circumstances to that, but he gets, unfortunately, he's getting a lot of the blame for that. But I thought he did fine. I mean, I didn't see him, you, you didn't hear his name called out. And when you don't hear an offensive lineman's name called, that's a good good sign. And the other thing is that I'm finding interesting with the offensive line. Like today, I was standing outside practice again, and Frank Pollock walked out with Deontay Smith, and he told me, he goes, this guy's good. <laughs> now, why he told me that, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not Dan Horde, I'm just me. But I think that's, that's surprising of, of where I think he might be. I think to me, it sounds like it's either Michael Jordan or Deontay Smith might be our guard. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? I'd be surprised at this point, if it was Deontay Smith over Michael Jordan in week one, although I've been wrong before, I'm not surprised though, by how well Deontay Smith has done because I saw him a couple of years ago with East Carolina and the Cincinnati coaches were well aware of, how good that he was and how good that he could be a legitimate NFL prospect. So he missed most of last year due to a couple of different injury issues. Uh, that's one of the reasons why the Bengals were able to select him later in the draft. But if you just look at him physically, he looks like a guy who could have been uh, 
first three rounds type of draft pick, 35 inch arms, good height, very smart guy, very dedicated. So I don't think he's going to be a starting guard in week one, but I'm not ruling out that he'll be a a starting guard for the Bengals uh, down the road. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. And people, somebody on my show actually said yesterday that they think Jackson Carmen could be a bust. I'm like, it's a little early for that. And I'll take what Duke, Duke Tobin said. I don't think it was on your podcast. But I think it was on the um, the Facebook or whatever, the, the live uh, broadcast you and Lap did from uh, training camp, where he said that, in his opinion, offensive line transitioning from college to NFL pl- playing offensive line is one of the hardest things to do. So it might he might take a little longer to develop. I mean, look at Michael Jordan. I mean, he developed, got better in, in 2019. 2020, not so much. This year looks like he's getting better. So it just I keep talking about just give him time. We'll, we'll see what happens. We we got some options out here that I think it's I think the offensive line is gonna be better than last year. Yeah, I don't want to be overly harsh, but the Bengals have had 15 practices. Think of how stupid it is to refer to Jackson Carmen as a bust. Right. We have no idea how good he's going to be. He there's just as much a chance that he will be a, a pro bowler as there is that he will be a bust. We just don't know at this point. But what I like is I'm seeing a lot of dedication out of Jackson Carmen. I think he showed up for camp a little bit overweight. You can criticize him for that. But the last several practices, I have seen him staying late, one day doing stuff on his own, yesterday staying late to get specific one-on-one instruction from Frank Pollock. So the guy wants to be good. It might take a little bit longer than we had hoped. And again, I don't know, maybe it won't work out. Uh, but to, to consider him a bust based on 15 practices and a preseason game where he actually did pretty well right. is just silly. Yeah, and I, the other thing that uh, – other offensive linemen that, uh, I guess, surprised me, but you didn't – and he played a lot, was Billy Price. I thought he he held his own. You know, I still think Trey Hopkins is going to be the starting center day, day one. I don't think you know he's taking his, his job. But that is good for the Bengals as far as – uh, 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 backups go because that's one thing that does concern me about our offense line is our depth, you know. Because I wish we would pick up another veteran offensive line, and I think the Bengals might do that toward the end of training camp. But seeing Billy Price step up and play better, and he was one of the Frank Vogel's uh, biggest, not Frank Vogel, uh, Frank Pollock's biggest fans. So seeing him develop and, and getting better is, is a good thing. And I, I think we were already seeing Frank Pollock's development of this offensive line with Michael Jordan and uh, Billy Price. No question about it. And I agree. Billy Price has had a good camp. He played the entire first half of the Tampa Bay game and played pretty well. I like Billy Price. And I like the fact that over the last couple of off seasons, he's gone to Dallas to work extensively with Duke Manny Weather, uh, one of the top offensive line gurus in the country. He actually moved to Dallas this past off season so that he could be there year round and get even more work in the off season with Duke. So Billy wants to be good. He wants to justify being a first round NFL draft pick. I do agree with you that Trey Hopkins is ahead of him on the totem pole, but offensive linemen get hurt. Uh, it's hard to play 16 games, so they're going to need that depth, and I think they're in good shape at that position with Trey and Billy. Exactly. Now, uh, Matty Myers, who's Jackpot Joey on here, wants to know, if, first of all, are you enjoying the hat you got, and are you going to call him Jackpot Joey Burrow? Is he going to be the, the – is that the new nickname for for the quarterback or, or you know, replacing the red rifle? Or we just have to wait to opening day and see what you say. 
Yeah, that's TBA. I, I don't want to manufacture a nickname necessarily. I don't want to go into it thinking that I have to come up with one or right, use one right. that somebody else has come up with. I prefer that it be a little bit more organic, for lack of a better word. So we'll see uh, if something feels right or sounds right or seems to be picking up momentum from Bengals fans, then uh, I will consider using it. But uh, I, I don't want to go into the first game of the season planning to, right. to force that in there. Totally understand. Totally understand. All right, let's get to uh, uh, Jeffrey here. He says, uh, who day, Mr. Hoard, do you think you we will see – I can't say that word. <laughs> Thank you. In the second or third game so we can see his skills. Yes, I do. I don't know if it'll be game two or three, but I think it's certain at some point that they will get some snaps for Eric Dungy, partly just – you know, to, to do him a solid, for lack of a better expression. The guy's going through training camp. He wants to make his NFL preseason debut. And it's still kind of being worked out, I think, how they feel about three preseason games versus four. So right. is the second game the so-called dress rehearsal? Is the third game the so-called dress rehearsal? Or have we done away with that whole concept? I'm not sure. But I do think at some point, Eric Dungy will get into a game uh, I'm interested in him because I went to Syracuse. He played at Syracuse. He set the school's all-time record for passing yards. He led Syracuse to a huge win over Clemson a few years ago when the Tigers were number two in the country. So he's fourth in the pecking order. I don't think he's going to get a lot of preseason action, but at some point I'm highly confident they'll get him into a game. Awesome. Now, Maddie wants me to tell you this about the, to the jackpot Joey stuff. Portions of it are going to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Foundation, so he's going to donate $250 to the foundation tomorrow. So he wanted me to let you know awesome. that. So um, not only are you the Bearcat or Bengals broadcaster, you're also the Bearcats broadcaster. And it's come out that uh, the Bearcats have gotten their highest preseason ranking ever. Uh, one of them's got them in, at 10th. One of them's got them at 8th. I'm excited more than – football in Cincinnati is going to be a lot of fun this year. <laughs> What's it like – to, to broadcast a team that's actually getting national respect now. Because, I mean, we've you've been there with Tommy Tuberville years, or let's just say, we'll just leave it at that. It's Tommy Tuberville years. They weren't that great. And to, to this now, you know, you went from Brian Kelly to Tommy Tuberville, now to Luke Fickle. What's this journey been like for you as a Bearcat broadcaster? Well, Jeff, if you look at the tenure uh, of the years that I've been doing the games, I've been really, really lucky because, by and large, they've been – pretty darn good right. uh, in the years that I've been behind the mic. Uh, if you go back to the tail end of the Rick Minter years, those weren't necessarily all that great. But Mark D'Antonio uh, had a tremendous final season that helped him get the Michigan State job. Brian Kelly had three great years, highlighted by the Orange Bowl and the Sugar Bowl back-to-back. Butch Jones had one bad one, then two straight years where he won 10 games, giving him the Tennessee job. As bad as we think of of the Tuberville era, the first two years they won nine games, and in one of those seasons they won a league title. And now with Luke Fickle, they sputtered in year one as he rebuilt the program, and now they've had three tremendous seasons in a row and could conceivably take it up another notch this year. So they've really been pretty consistently good. Lucky on the mic during and is really exciting this season because if you think about it, being number eight in the AP poll to begin the season, they are four spots away from a four-team playoff. 
So they would have to go undefeated again to get in, which is easier said than done. But you've got Indiana and Notre Dame back-to-back on the road, non-conference early in the season. If they could somehow win those two games, it would be really impressive to the pollsters. That would allow them to maintain or move up from number eight. And then again, if they could somehow run the table and go undefeated again, they could legitimately compete for a national championship. Yeah, exactly. And and I've said this before on my show. I don't care what conference you're in. To go undefeated two years in a row is very difficult. Now, you know, not that that's not even counting going to Indiana and going to Notre Dame. And I'll tell you, Dan, to be honest, I'm still won't be surprised if they do this and they go undefeated and they still keep us out. I just I, I won't I'm a, I'm a Bearcat fan and, and you know we're in the American Athletic Conference and we just that conference just doesn't get respect. It's not the power five. Yada, yada, yada. We know all that stuff. So I, I hope that doesn't happen, but I'm not going to worry about that right now. We got to go undefeated. And the first game against Miami, and we're going to keep the victory bell in Cincinnati, which I think we've kept it for, what, 10 years, 11 years in a row now? I think they, we've beat them. Yeah, it's a, at least 11. It might be 12. I'm trying to remember. But in any case, it is double digits. Yeah, it, it's been a while. I mean, I, I think uh, I think the guy that plays for the, the, the Squealers, I think – I think he was playing for for them last time they they beat us, <laughs> but it's it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch that. Now let's get back into let's see here, got a couple more questions here from the chat. Uh, Jeffrey, do you see the Bearcats making the transition to the ACC, or would they be better off in another conference or staying in the AAC? I think the ACC would be the ideal scenario. And it's not that far-fetched. Now that Oklahoma and Texas are leaving the Big 12 for the SEC, there's going to be another round or multiple rounds of realignment. I don't know if the ACC will add two teams to get to 16 in football, but it's possible. And if they do it, West Virginia and Cincinnati would be the most obvious two. And that would be ideal for the Bearcats because, number one, they would bring they would have the regional rivals back, Louisville, Pittsburgh, maybe West Virginia, if West Virginia also goes in. So that would be great. You would add all these powerhouse basketball programs, which would be awesome to have them coming into Fifth Third Arena, Duke, Syracuse, mm-hmm. North Carolina, et cetera. But even beyond that, I think over time, Cincinnati could actually compete in football in that league. And people will scoff and say, ah, they're never going to be able to beat Clemson and, and Florida State. Right now, they can't beat Clemson and Florida State on a regular basis. But whatever league Cincinnati has been in, in a a pretty short period of time, they rise to the top in football. It happened in the Big East. Within three years, they were winning the league championship. Now they're the dominant program in the AAC. And and yes, the teams they would have to climb, climb over are much better in the ACC. But with the fertile recruiting base in the state of Ohio, and uh, a guy like Luke Fickle in charge, I honestly think in a relatively short period of time, Cincinnati would be able to compete with the best teams in the ACC. I completely agree with you on that. And the cool thing about the ACC is we would get all of our old Big East rivals back. You know, we get to play Louisville, which I still think in basketball we should play Louisville. That 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 series should have never stopped. But you have the Keg and Nails uh, trophy coming back. You have the uh, River City rivalry coming back. So that that's just right there is cool to have that. And West Virginia is another close one, which I never understood them going to the Big 12. Well, I mean, I understand it's money, but that's they're nowhere close to anybody in the Big that's 12. That's your answer. Yeah, money. Exactly. 
Exactly. Now, my fear is if they if the a ACC tries to expand to two teams of football, if Notre Dame comes, then we're in trouble. And that's my fear that the Bearcats are going to get left out because they'll take Notre Dame and West Virginia and not us. That's but there's you know, there's absolutely nothing we can do about that. But I completely agree with everything you said about uh going to the a- AAC. See, the AAC and the ACC is their tongue twisters, but I, I I agree with that. I hope it happens, but going into this year, Luke Fickle, I think, has set a tone for Bearcat football, and it's it's been getting back to where it was when Brian Kelly was the coach. It's it's more of a national prominence. I mean, you say Bearcat football, people are like, oh yeah, you know, especially Georgia fans, which I have to tell you, when we were playing them in the Peach Bowl, I went on my show and I said, I think we have a chance to beat them. And oh my goodness, Georgia fans came after me. How do you think that? Blah, blah, blah. We, we damn near meet them. <laughs> they didn't hit a, what, a 56-yard field goal or something? So that aspect right there, UC has gotten more respect. And everybody's always worried about Luke Fickle leaving. I, in my heart of hearts, I don't think he's going to leave unless it's a big job. Same thing with Brian Kelly. I don't think Brian Kelly would have left except for Notre Dame. I think Luke Fickle, unless it's like Ohio State or Notre Dame or something like that, I think he might be here for a while. What's your thoughts on that? Totally agree. I think those two jobs are the ones that he would probably take. Ohio State, definitely. And who could blame him? He's from Columbus. He played there. He coached there. His wife is from that area. If Ohio State comes open, if Ryan Day were to go to the NFL or something like that, and they wanted to hire Luke Fickle, we should all give him our blessing because that would completely be understandable. And Notre Dame, hey, it's Notre Dame. He's a Catholic person. Um, It's Notre Dame. So, and plus it's not that far away. So if either of those jobs were to come open, we should shake his hand, thank him, and, uh, and root for him at his next destination. But aside from that, I don't really see another college job that has that much appeal to him right now. I could be wrong. Uh, I, I can tell you this, I can't see him ever taking the Michigan job with all his all his years at Ohio State. No, I just no. can't picture that happening. Uh, we already know he's not going to Michigan State because he right. turned that down. So I, I just don't see him going a great distance for a paycheck and uprooting his family. He's got six kids. His oldest son, Landon, is now a freshman playing for him at UC. So I think there's a reasonably good chance that he's going to be here for several more years. Exactly. And I love the question. I watched the YouTube uh, show series that UC Digital uh, Broadcasting has done, Let, Let It Fly. And I think you guys are over here at the Western Hills Country Club. And somebody uh, asked uh, Luke if he'd sign a lifetime contract. And I loved your comment. Good try. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and I see the video of, of Luke's barn in the backyard. He's got the Bearcat basketball court and everything. So you're building that that stuff. You're you're planting seeds. I don't think you're going to leave anytime soon, but like you said, if it's their name, Ohio state. Yeah. I, I think he, he might go, but it is six 21. You said you'd give me 20 minutes. I will let you go. I appreciate you coming on, Dan. Tell everybody about your, your Bengals booth podcast and everything that you got going on and where they can follow you at. They can follow me on Twitter. That's where I'm most active on social media. Dan underscore Horde, H-O-A-R-D. Somebody beat me to to just Dan Horde. So it's Dan (laughs) underscore Horde. 
Uh, I do the Bengals Booth podcast. You can find that anywhere that you find podcasts. Now that we're into the preseason, I'll do two episodes a week of that. And obviously, most importantly, listen to the games when you're in your car and you can't watch the game on TV, whether it's the Bearcats or the Bengals. Uh, with UC, it's 700 WLW with the Bengals. It's that plus 1530 plus 13 or plus uh, FM on WEBN. So uh, plenty of opportunities to find those broadcasts when you're not able to watch the game on TV. And I, I, I just real quick, you had there is a Bengals booth uh, soundtrack now that Jed, Jed Debussy, former That's Channel correct. 12. Yeah, he, he. I haven't looked it up yet. I, I need to go look that up because listen to, to your podcast the other day. And so, if you guys want, if you guys are listening to the Bengals Booth podcast, Dan uh, entertains us with the, the beautiful sounds of his voice before every broadcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the the podcast titles all come from the name of songs or lyrics from songs. I started that very early in the podcast and it's become more and more of a challenge not to repeat myself. But in any case, that's where I come up with the name for each episode. And then I sing a little bit of that song at the very beginning of the podcast. So Jed Demusi, who used to be at Channel 12, as you mentioned, wrote down every song that I've referenced and then made a Spotify playlist with the real recording artist uh, doing the song. It's 153 songs, actually 154 now because he needs to add the the latest episode. I had no idea there were that many. (laughs) And it's a pretty eclectic list ranging from legendary bands like uh, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones to TV theme songs to just bizarre selections. So uh, if you want to find it, go to Spotify, look for the Bengals booth soundtrack and enjoy. One more thing real quick. I'll let you go. You guys doing the sports extra intro when Kenyon Martin broke his leg and Bob Huggins was in the coffin was the funniest freaking thing I ever saw in my life. I really missed you guys doing sports extra or sport sports rap. Sorry, that's sports extra. Sports yep. rap. That was one of that was my favorite Sunday night viewing. But awesome. Dan, that was I a lot of fun. You. Yes. I appreciate you coming on. And as you would end the Bengals winning a game, it's coffin and nails. Bang, bang, bang. Well done, Jeff. Thanks for having <laughs> me on. I appreciate it. You have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. See ya. All right, guys. I hope you guys liked it. That was fun. I always say that every time. I hope you guys liked that because I hope you guys liked that. But I had so much more stuff I could have asked Dan. <laughs> I got I got paper. I got lists of stuff I didn't even get the chance to to ask him. But he he is one of my favorite broadcast. He was my favorite one of my favorite guys when he just did sports for Channel 19, and then he uh, became the Bearcats football and basketball broadcaster. And then they almost lost him, and I because he he's married to um, I, his wife who got a job in Boston and then he went there and did minor league baseball, but still did the Bearcats. And luckily he came back to the Bengals. And anyway, I'm very glad that he is the Bengals and Bearcats broadcaster. He's one of the best in say in the game, in the, in the job, you know, and I really enjoy him and Dave Lapham and, and, and Jim Kelly. I didn't get, they even asked about Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly is the, um, uh, his broadcast partner with, uh, the football team and a Terry Nelson, my boy Terry. I'm, I didn't get to ask him about Terry because Terry's uh, the broadcasting partner for him for the basketball team. So he's got three different guys, and all three of them are, are, are different. But Dan works very well with all of them, and it's a lot of fun and very enjoyable 
to listen to him. So let's get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream because it's about 6.30. And let's roll. I actually, hold on a second. Yeah, I know. Thank you, guys. You're all telling me I'm doing a good, I did a great job. Thank you. Dan and Dave are awesome. Calling football games. Great interview. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I love listening to Dan and Dave. I, I, like I said, I just really like listening to Dan Horton. I think he's really good. We have some very good broadcasters on radio. I mean, we had the great Marty Brennan forever, and now we got Tommy Thrall and the Cowboy. We got Dan Horde and the list of guys I said that are his, that are his uh, uh, broadcasting partners. We got some good, very we're very blessed here in Cincinnati for the broadcasting um, people we have. But like I said, the Facebook groups that let me live stream, and I appreciate every single one of them. Hootay Nation, Bengals Nation. Bengals Hootay Nation, Cincinnati Bengals the Jungle, Cincinnati Reds riding third, heading for home, Bearcat Country. Like I just said, I thought I got to talk some Bearcats on here, so that was cool. I really, I can't wait to get closer to basketball. I know I get Terry on here, but basketball hasn't started yet, so I'll I, Terry will definitely be on later on during basketball season. When we can talk some Bearcat basketball. Um, also, you got the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and then you follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. Excuse me. The TikTok is at Iceman90. You guys can go check it out. My TikTok is mostly me just hyping up the Reds, Bengals, Bearcats, and talking trash about the other teams. It's a lot of fun. And I hope you guys enjoyed the video. I have so much fun making these videos. I mean, last night I made a Joey Votto one, a Jonathan India one, a Kyle Farmer one. It's just I have so much fun doing that. I almost do it too much because I'm – now I see why my my seventeen year old daughter is always on TikTok, but she's dancing and stuff. I'm making sports videos, but anyway, you can follow me on there. I'll be pulling out the sound later on tonight, putting it on the podcast. Uh, you find it on Bean Pod, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. YouTubers, my originals. You guys are awesome. We're up to one thousand three hundred and six subscribers. That is awesome. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. And other than that, let's go watch the Reds. Just, I've enjoyed them kicking the snot out of the scrubs. I'm sorry because they were going to have a dynasty for fifteen years. Well, it lasted five, <laughs> and it's so much fun kicking their ass. Um, I'm very happy that Santion is up with the Reds. I like. Santion coming out of the bullpen. I, I I said that when he was a starter. I said, I think he could be really good coming out of that bullpen. Because one thing we don't have, I mean, Michael Lorenzen is that guy. Garrett should be that guy. But we haven't had a consistent lights out guy where he comes in. I'm, I I want, I, I so badly want a bullpen reliever pitcher for the Reds to come in and just have the first inning have a one, two, three inning this year. That would be nice because there's so many times they come in and walk the first guy like, just get him out. <laughs> but I'm very happy that Santiago is there. Hopefully Nick Senzel will come up soon. And other than that, there's my boy, Jeremy Dimebag. These nuts always says, remember one thing and one thing only, and that is you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati, so act like it. Who day? Go Reds. Go Bearcats. Football is going to be fun this year. And obviously, go Bengals. This Friday night, they're playing. I can't wait. And other than that, let me get to my edge. I keep doing this. I, keep saying, I, I, I say other than that, and I have to get to a different screen on my computer 
to end the show. There's a lot of stuff going on here. That's why it's a lot easier when Jeremy's here. He can talk sometimes. <laughs> Other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya! You're about to enter the world of Strawberry Ice and the Ice Cave. Let's go! You know, league, the league rule was you're not really supposed really to take him out of that conversation. In that he started from absolute crap. I would draft Aziz Ojolari or any. any uh, nobody's doing seven step drops in playing, right you know, now. Playing tackle for him, so right? It's he's 22 years old. Devonta Smith, same thing. You, you, you just can't. You, you can't do that. You can't do that. We thought that in 2010 that he should be in the Hall of Fame, and they put him in after he is gone. Well, I want to fill the stadium. I, I, I remember you guys saying that. It's crazy. So I, I see that he's taken uh, the non. But overall, that that line wasn't better. No, um, I, you know they. Still... You know he's talking to the refs and, and saying, "Hey, I'm not going to get those calls." He's, he's coming. He, he, he's oh, yeah. coming. And he'd be in section 158 with me. So we're... These guys have learned basically since they've been in the major leagues.